It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today. The Mavericks made the trade they needed to. Just how much better does Grant Williams make Dallas? Also, why the Blazers don't have to play ball with Damian Lillard. And who's the most unguardable receiver in the NFL? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. First, the Dallas Mavericks re-signed Kyrie Irving for reasons we can maybe talk about. But then they added Grant Williams in a sign-and-trade with the Boston Celtics. It was actually a three-team deal, not the three-team deal with the Spurs that a lot of people have been talking about, but a three-team deal nonetheless. The Dallas Mavericks have their big, versatile defender, presumably. Nick Angstad from Locked On Mavericks is going to tell me if that is right or wrong. Uh, Nick, is that is that right or wrong? That is correct, Peter. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so th- this move for, for Grant Williams, he, we expected him to be a coveted guy on the free agent market. It took a little longer, but presumably that was because we had this sign and trade part of this. So if you're the Mavericks... Why is this the the place that you want to push your chips? Yeah, the Mavericks waited until this second level of free agency where you have the unrestricted guys that go early. Your Bruce Browns, your Dylan Brooks, your you know Fred Van Vliet's, guys like that that just got overpaid by a lot mm. to, to go somewhere else and to move teams. And then the Mavericks waited until this second level of restricted free agents. So you have your you know, your uh, Grant Williams, you have your Matisse Tybel, you have your P.J. Washington, you have guys like that that are kind of still waiting on these deals and the Mavericks could have just offered him a deal for $12 million a year with their mid-level exception and then waited until the Celtics decided to match or not. The Celtics could have just said, all right, we'll bite the bullet. We'll pay him $12 million. We'll also pay $37 million in tax on top of that mm. just for Grant Williams. Like They could have decided to do that at this point, or they could decide to do what they did and say, we're going to trade we're going to sign and trade him to the Mavericks. Get get a couple of second round picks back. The Mavericks can move Reggie Bullock to the Spurs. They get a couple of second round picks as well. And then the Spurs look to the future, the future, the future, and say, well, maybe the Mavericks are going to be bad in 2030 because Luka will be gone by then. And then we'll have this pick swap with them. And we're going to be good because we have Wembenyama. And so they went with this pick swap. So they get a little something out of the deal as well. And that's what the Mavericks, the Celtics, and the Spurs all ended up doing here. And to answer your first question, honestly, yes, he he is the big wing the Mavericks have been looking for. He's only an inch taller than Reggie Bullock. So if you're just looking at this deal and going, well, how is he the big wing, but Reggie Bullock wasn't, or Josh Green wasn't, or Matisse Heibel wouldn't have been, or whatever. Grant Williams has always played bigger. He's always defended up a little bit. He's always defended bigger. He's always been a four, a power forward in the NBA. That's what he's always been. He was that at Tennessee in college as well. He's a big, strong guy that can just defend a little bit better. I won't say this in front of you to your face. So if you want to just cover it, he kind of defends Giannis pretty well. Like mm. of the people that defends Giannis pretty no, well, he he, he's one of those. And so he he can do those types of things. And the Mavericks just haven't had one of those players in a little while. 
And I think that is the, the the clear aim here is to get some different kinds of especially defensive bodies. The question, I guess, would be, okay, offensively, what is he giving them? Because the the other bigs that Dallas has had, there's been some versatility there. If Going back through the Luka era, some guys that can shoot. Grant Williams is a streaky shooter. Is he going to be able to give them enough offense? Or is this just like, hey, Kyrie and Luka are going to handle the offense. Just sit in the corner and make enough of those shots that it works. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what they're going to do. Grant Williams is going to get a ton of open threes. The Mavericks create. Luka himself just generates so many open threes. There's all those like basketball math or stat muse or basketball reference like graphs that show, all right, who gets the most open threes and who hits the most open threes. And for the last two years, it's just been Reggie Bullock and Dorian Finney-Smith just out on an island that they get the most wide open threes. No one's near them. And it's not because they're not good three-point shooters. It's because Luka just creates these. These guys have found ways to shuffle around the three-point arc and find the open space. And Luka's going to find you wherever you are. And so that's a benefit that he gets where he upgrades from playmaker to the Celtics who kind of have these guys that get their own shot. And you have Marcus Smart and you had Malcolm Brogdon. And like you had some guys that will create a little bit to Luka, which is like the pinnacle of playmaking maybe outside of Jokic in the NBA. And so now he he upgrades there. And yeah, he's going to get a ton of open threes. He hits a bunch of them. He's he shot pretty well in his career. He is streaky, like you said, but hey, that's what you, that's what the Mavericks sign up for all the time. Hey, Tim Hardaway. Hey, Reggie Bullock, Maxi Kleba. Like, just bring the streaky shooting all over here. And uh, eventually the numbers will line up and they'll win enough games. Keep up to date all year on the Dallas Mavericks by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Mavericks on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, why the Portland Trailblazers don't simply have to acquiesce to Damian Lillard's request to go to Miami. Before we get to what they can do instead, the NBA will play a few more games this season. Take your first swing at betting Major League Baseball on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet back in bonus bets up to $200. That's right, just bet $20 and you can land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's $200 you can spend betting everything from the money line to the point totals to who you think is going to hit the first home run. The Texas Rangers and Boston Red Sox play a rubber match at Fenway tonight, and they boast the biggest total of the day. FanDuel has the over-under on that one at 10. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. First, there was the play-in tournament. Now, there's just the in-tournament. The NBA will play an in-season tournament beginning next season. All teams will participate in the group stage, which will consist of six groups total, three per conference. 
and be chosen by a random draw based on team's winning percentage the previous season. Each team will play four games in its group, with the six group winners making the knockout stage along with two wild cards who finish with the best winning percentage and not first in their groups. Are we following all that? There will be a test later. Knockout stage games will be single elimination through the final. The LA Angels are dealing with injuries to two of the most important players on their team, would just happen to be two of the most important players in all of baseball. All-star outfielder Mike Trout underwent successful surgery Wednesday to repair a broken bone he sustained when he fouled a pitch Monday night. And manager Phil Nevin confirmed the standard projected timeline of four to eight weeks for his return. Nevin said the team's medical staff determined surgery was the only viable option to heal the fracture in Trout's left wrist. Also Wednesday, two-way all-star Shohei Otani was in the lineup as the designated hitter a day after coming out of the game in the sixth inning because of a blister on the middle finger of his pitching hand. Otani said that he's not planning on pitching in the all-star game next week in Seattle, but it remains to be seen whether he'll DH for the American League. Elsewhere in baseball, the Phillies beat the Rays for a second straight game. There you have it, folks. The Philadelphia Phillies have taken down the Tampa Bay Rays for the second time in as many games. Connor Thomas, your host of Locked On Phillies. And tonight, Tywin Walker didn't have his best stuff on the mound, but he battled. Uh, he fought through to still give a solid performance for the Phillies. It wasn't what he was doing in June, but still very well done by him. And man, did the offense wake up. This was just an onslaught of hits by the Philadelphia Phillies. Not too many out of the yard. Trey Turner did hit a home run, but still, I mean, Bryce stop with a four-hit day. That kid is unbelievable. It's his second four-hit game of his career, and you can just see the way that he puts together plate appearances. He's going to be something special. Alec Boehm had a nice day. Uh, I mean, J. Chiramuto had a nice day. Nick Castellanos hit one out. He's going to be an all-star in a couple days. It was just a beautiful performance by the Phillies, and the road winning streak is up to 11. We'll talk about more on the next episode of Locked On Phillies. Ellie De La Cruz launched a home run as the Reds routed the Nationals. You cannot stop Ellie De La Cruz. You can only hope to contain him. What's up? This is Jeff Carr from the Locked On Reds podcast, and the Cincinnati Reds destroyed the Washington Nationals 9-2, and it wasn't even really that close. The Reds stranded 16 runners on base. They could have scored a lot more, and the lineup was awesome. Every single player that was in this game for the Reds got a hit, including Ellie De La Cruz, three hits, two doubles, a long home run, 455 estimated feet. He hit it into the upper deck in right field there at Nationals Park. And Joey Votto as well, he still bangs as he hit a home run. A great night overall for this team. Great series. Another road series win. Their seventh road series victory in a row. That's the third longest road series winning streak in franchise history. That's really where we are. The Reds continue to just be one of the hottest teams in baseball. And speaking of good teams beating up on bad ones, hmm, the Astros swept a two-game series with the Rockies. Hey, the Rays, John Wilhouse here with Locked on Astros. The Astros sweep a two-game series of a beleaguered Colorado, Colorado Rockies team. They just aren't a very good baseball team. But the Rockies made it interesting. Look, Yonder Diaz hit two home runs in this game. Jeremy Pena hit a home run. They did leave a lot of guys on base. There were a couple situations where they probably should have put up a few more runs. But hey, a 6-4 victory. Their second win in a row at home. Coming off of three games in Arlington. 
The Astros are looking strong. Look, they're, they're putting up crooked numbers on the hit column and the run column. You had Presley get his 19th save on the season. And with Jose Altuve being out, more than likely until the All-Star break, the Astros just need to keep the foot on the gas pedal and keep throttling their opponents as the ALDS rematch versus the Mariners come to town. Stay tuned in the Locked On Astros with your team every day. Go Astros. Here is another story you need to know. Damian Lillard, still technically a member of the Portland Trailblazers, but still technically does not want to be. The Blazers have said on and off the record, they are not interested in only doing what Damian Lillard wants. How much of that is posturing? How much of that is real? We will see. Mike Richmond from Locked On Blazers is here to help us parse the fiction from the nonfiction on all of this. Mike, how much do you believe the company line in Portland right now about sending Damian Lillard to Miami? I believe they don't want to. Um, I think that's true. Uh, I don't think they'll follow through on that necessarily. I think, I think at some point, uh, you know, unfortunately for them, that the the power of a players' league will win out over them. Um, you know, I've I've heard from people I trust outside the organization that the that Miami seems to be the place that he'll end up, or the most likely place. Other folks who are more connected than me, I don't pretend to be deeply sourced. Uh, other folks who are more connected than me have basically been reporting the same thing, like Mark Stein of the Stein Line. So seems like it's just when he ends up in Miami, um, as much as the Blazers don't want to do it because that Miami trade package is not very good. It's not the best. Uh, it's not the worst, but it's also not the best. There is this perception, and, and I think rightly so, that the idea that Damian Lillard could just say, I'm out and you have to send me to this place. For some people, that is unpalatable. Um, that's the diplomatic phrasing of it. Um, what do you make of some of the the perceptions out there when we get this report that, oh, players are watching, like that's going to matter down the line, players wanting to go there, players tend to just go where their most money is. But what do you, what do you think of this perception out there that the Blazers have to be good stewards for Damian Lillard? I don't think necessarily they do. I, I think that's kind of bogus. You know, who's watching is not players, it's powerful agents across the league. And yeah. they're going to say, hey, that stinks. If I can choose not to do business with them, maybe I will. But also everyone is motivated by the almighty dollar and also playing time. And if you have cash and playing time, they'll come play for your franchise for the <laughs> most part. Um, the Blazers aren't signing top tier free agents. They ba they basically haven't in the history of their franchise. So it's not like losing out on the A-listers is going to be a problem for them, even if there's some truth to that, which I don't even believe. We're just talking about like, maybe they wouldn't have signed Andre Miller in 2011. And, you know, Andre Miller's pretty fun. They would have missed out on having him. I, I think in general, the people who'd be mad are the people who represent Damian Lillard. That is no no doubt true. I think part of the, the Heat perspective, and certainly Heat fans who are extremely online, is that, hey, who else is really in the mix? Like, okay, it's all well and good to say, well, we'll send him somewhere that he will be okay with. Of course, Lillard is sending strong signals. Well, we'll only be okay with Miami, but let's just play devil's advocate here from a Blazers standpoint. Where is a place that could make a trade that would be better than Miami's theoretically, the package they could put together, that you think would also appease Damian Lillard, assuming he could be appeased elsewhere? 
It's probably Brooklyn. It's probably Brooklyn. I, I think Philly could get in the mix, but I believe Philly only has one unprotected future first they can trade, which is in 2030. And that's worse than the heat package, even if yeah. you really like Tyrese Maxey. But Brooklyn has um, a boatload of picks from Phoenix. They're further out. They're down in they're beyond 2028 and beyond. I believe they have starting in 2027, but beyond that. Uh, Brooklyn does not have a pick in 2024, but they have they can trade in 2025, 2027, 2028. 20, like they have picks down the line from from Milwaukee, from Dallas, from uh, from Houston. It's it is uh, or not from Houston, but but from Phoenix rather. They could do it. You probably have to take back Ben Simmons' money to make that happen. That might not be a deal breaker in the end, but I can see why right now you would posture against it. I think there is some truth that Miami Heat has an unappealing package in a market with a variety of unappealing packages. I'm just going to let that just linger right there for a second. Um, the question I want to ask that I've been dying to ask you is, okay, let's say that Damian Lillard had not put out, I want to go to Miami. From a Blazers standpoint, if you were going, okay, let me look around the league and see who am I, who am I trying to get, what package of picks or players and picks would I be trying to get just in a vacuum for the Blazers? Is there someone you would have your eye on that you think is fair value for Dame? Right. Um, I think the closest thing is something like what the Utah Jazz have. You know, they just cashed in all of their uh, their right. big stars to get to get stuff. The Utah Jazz have from 2024 to 2027. So that's the next four drafts. They have 10 first round picks. Mm. That's more dudes than they can play. Like they're going to at some point, they're going to have to get rid of those in some, some form or fashion. Stay up to date on the Damian Lillard saga by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Blazers on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Coming up, we will tell you who the most unguardable receiver in the NFL is. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Press coverage? Nope. Zone? Forget about it. On Locked On NFL, hosts Ross Jackson and David Harrison say, nothing can stop... Philadelphia Eagles wide receiver A.J. Brown, Minnesota Vikings wide receiver Justin Jefferson are the most unguardable wide receivers in the NFL. Do you agree or disagree with me there? Uh, I absolutely agree, and I think that is the exact order uh, that they come in, uh, in yes. this conversation. It's A.J. Brown, then it's Justin Jefferson. All last season, you know, getting to watch teams face the Washington Commanders, and I know the Washington Commanders secondary last year wasn't touted as like the greatest secondary in the NFL or anything, but the one receiver that stood out amongst all of them to me was AJ Brown. Just, mm. just, just the ability he has to, to play physical when he needs to play physical, play with speed when he needs to play with speed. And, you know, I know that, you know, some of the separation that we're going to talk about isn't like the world's greatest, but I think even for a dude, his size and, and with his kind of strength and ability uh, to just out physical somebody, Still, the separation that he does get when he does get that separation is very impressive when you look at some of the, the defenders that he's going against. So 
Uh, full disclosure, I actually wasn't able to be at FedEx when the Vikings came to town, so I didn't get to see Justin Jefferson play in person last year. So there is a little bit of a grain of salt there. But uh, of all the receivers I saw the commanders go up against in person, A.J. Brown was was by far the one that stood out the most. My producer wants me to say Jamar Chase, but the correct answer is Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams was the best receiver in the NFL with Aaron Rodgers. And there were people who said, it's Aaron Rodgers. Except he was unguardable out wide. He was unguardable from the slot. He was unguardable on deep routes. Unguardable on intermediate routes. Unguardable on short routes. He has the most complete release package in the game. He is the best route runner in the game. He can win over the top. He can win at the catch point. He can just go up over you. He is the only player since Calvin Johnson that I've seen a team say, we're going to put three guys on you. In fact, they had a package a couple years ago when Baltimore played the Packers. They call it the big dog package. And they had a guy pressing Devontae Adams, a guy over the top, and a safety shaded to that side. Justin Jefferson is an incredible player. You don't really see that. The Packers did double him last year, took him out of the game when Jair Alexander did the gritty. It didn't stop Devontae Adams. You can't stop Devontae Adams. The only other answer here, frankly, is Tyree Hill because he is the guy whose gravity affects everyone else in ways that no other player does in the NFL. He is the guy who sends defensive coordinators into night terrors like no one else because that speed is truly special. That was true when Patrick Mahomes was throwing to him, and it's still true with Tua Tungavailoa throwing to him. And it's not just underneath where he can work. We've seen him do that. It's over the top two. It's run after catch. He is maybe the scariest receiver in the league to defend. It's those two guys for me and everyone else, even if I think Justin Jefferson is in the same class with those guys as a receiver. It's just, just... Not quite the same. And finally, after leading the Iowa Hawkeyes to their first NCAA Women's Basketball Championship game, being consensus national player of the year, and winning the Honda Cup as the top collegiate women's athlete, Caitlin Clark added another honor to her 2023 list of accomplishments. She got to play golf alongside U.S. Ryder Cup captain Zach Johnson, a fellow Iowa native, on Wednesday, though he went to Drake, it should be noted, in Des Moines. An avid golf fan who has played since childhood, Clark competed in the John Deere Classic Pro-Am at TPC Deer Run. Since it is a Pro-Am and the amateurs pick up on certain holes, Clark didn't have an exact score. Suffice to say, though, she hit a lot of fairways and putted for birdies a few times, just missing. Golf is just a fun sport for her, but probably only a matter of time before she's doing the Steph Curry. She's already doing it on the court, the golf course, presumably next. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up tomorrow, what can we expect from Victor Wembenyama's Summer League debut and perhaps his only game? So at least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, Look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. 
If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.